I'm looking at, at Kharkiv and that's a city I love. I've been there many, many times and you know, that hotel where I stayed is bombed out and burned. And uh, so, and, and Kharkiv is not the worst, you know, there's places in Ukraine uh, that, that cease to exist, literally. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really hard to imagine. Every day I kind of think that this is a bad dream, you know, it's just unbelievable. Welcome to the GeekWire podcast. I'm GeekWire co-founder Todd Bishop. Sergey Dryzen is co-founder and CEO of software engineering company Aqualon, based in Bellevue, Washington. Born and raised in Moscow, he moved to the U.S. in 1992 after the Soviet Union's collapse, getting his computer science degree from the University of Minnesota before going to work for Microsoft in the Seattle area. But he maintained personal connections to Russia, and Aqualon, founded in 2000, established a large engineering operation in the country, numbering about 800 people, or more than half of the company's workforce. Aqualon also has 300 people in Ukraine, with a large office in Kharkiv, a city near the Russian border that has come under heavy attack. On March 11th, following the Russian invasion of Ukraine, Aqualon shut down all of its operations in Russia. But that was just the beginning of the story, as Dryzen explains in this special episode of the GeekWire podcast, in conversation with my colleague, GeekWire co-founder, John Cook. I guess to start, just tell me a little bit about your background. I know you went, you went to university in Moscow, right? So I, I, pres- yeah, I, I presume you're, I, you are Russian. I, I don't think I've ever asked you, but I think you are Russian, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm from Soviet Union, effectively, right? So I don't know if it's Russian or if, but yeah, I was born in Moscow. I moved here in 92. So I studied in Russia a little bit and then I, I studied in the University of Minnesota, and then in '98 I moved to Seattle to start working for Microsoft. Right. So that's that's the story. So effectively, I'm Russian, I guess. I'm I'm half Jewish, half Russian, from Moscow. Whatever yeah. it means. And do you have family in Russia at yes, this point? Yes. My my immediate family is here in uh, in uh, Minnesota and Seattle, but I have cousins, you know, uncles, aunts, uh, nephews, nieces in, in Moscow mostly. And have you been communicating with them at all during all this? Uh, with some, yeah, with some, uh, uh, not not that much, but we do have a family chat, you know, where we communicate with family more or less directly. How's that going? And what's, because, you know, everything I've read is it's very hard to get solid information through and there's a lot of misperceptions about what's uh, actually happening. Well, we, 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 you know, as, as, as painful as it sounds, we do have, uh, somebody in our family who actually supports what's going on, uh, as far as, you know, the Russian side of the story. Uh, uh, but most people, most people are, uh, most people don't. Yeah. And so that, I guess just fast forward to, uh, the actions of kind of the last month. You know, what, what was your initial reaction and then what caused you to make the business decision you did? Well, I actually realized on about 20th of February that the war is inevitable. I, I kind of this one, I mean, we watched that for a long time and at a certain point I, you know, I looked at the map and I realized that, yeah, there's no way this is just a, uh, saber rattling. I realized it's going to be a war and, uh, 
when it started on 24th, you know, we on 28th, we said we are pulling out and closing, uh, closing our offices. It became painfully evident that, uh, you know, sort of the autocracy went to tyranny and, uh, tyrannies are, and I'm, I'm still, I still do remember Soviet Union and I know how it works, uh, what the next step is going to be. Uh, so yeah, we made the decision to shut down Russia and uh, relocate everybody who is willing and able to relocate to other countries. Wow. So first off, why did you, I mean, cause a lot of people even in Ukraine didn't think that this was going to, they thought it was a, a bluff and it was just saber rattling. What made you think that there was more to it? Honestly, you know, there's a few factors, but one of the things about Putin are very simple. As soon as he says something is not going to happen, it's pretty much guaranteed that it's going to happen. A number of times he said that there's not going to be any war, made it pretty obvious it's going to be a war and it's going to be a, a big war. And uh, also, you know, Biden and his folks were, you know, screaming off the rooftops. And if you look at the map and you look at how they positioned the Russian forces, it was pretty obvious that you're not going to do it if you if you're not going to fight, right? You can move some troops around, but you're not going to set up field hospitals. You're not going to do all kinds of other things if it's just uh, just for show. Right. So, yeah. So then when did you, and, and I guess update me just kind of what your employee base looks like right now. How, how many employees do you have? Where, where, where yeah. were they prior yeah. to this invasion? This is, so we're about uh, 13, 1400 people before all this started. About a hundred, a little over a hundred in U.S., about 300 in uh, Ukraine, uh, about 150 in uh, West European countries, and the rest in Russia. So Russia is about 800 people plus minus, and that's about between three offices, Kazan, Yaroslavl, and Ivanova. Kazan is a large city. It's in Tatarstan. It's a big, mildly Muslim Republic Ivanova is suburb of Moscow, pretty much 300, 300 kilometers away from Moscow. And the same for Yaroslav there, about 100 kilometers away from each other. And so those employees, so you said about 1,300, 100 in the U.S., 300 in Ukraine, yeah, 800 roughly in Russia. Um, yeah, were those, a little less, yeah. And I can't remember on your model, are, these are contract, largely software developers, engineers, yeah, we're, so what we do is we do engineering, right? We don't do staffing. We do engineering. We take over either project or initiative. Uh, most of our clients are software companies that, you know, ongoingly need help. And, uh, so yeah, it's engineers, it's testers, it's project managers, it's program managers, it's whoever else is needed to be able to build software, right? You know, we make big software happens, whatever need to happen to make to make big software happens is uh, all the people that we have. Right. So, I mean, what, I guess the natural question is what, what was the immediate fallout um, impact when you shut down the three, three Russian offices? Uh, shock, shock uh, for, for the most part. You have to, it's very important to understand one thing, right? You have a, the people who work for us, they're mostly, you know, in their 30s, some in their 40s, but mostly in their 30s. So they grew up after Soviet Union has fallen apart. They have zero personal knowledge of what it's like to live in the Soviet Union 
or Soviet Union-like country. And uh, to them, it's really hard to imagine life without, you know, open borders, without internet, without YouTube. And so most of those folks are are hoping for the best, right? They think, well, you know, it's not possible. There's no way they're going to close the borders. There's no way they're going to shut down Facebook and YouTube. So to them, it's it's really hard to convince them that things are actually going to get worse and it's going to get progressively worse in the direction of, uh, you know, shut closed borders and such and such. And such. So a lot of those guys, are uh, some of them are electing to stay behind. And even if they don't support, you know, what's going on and what Putin is doing, they're like, well, we're going to we, we, we sit it out and hope for the best. So. It's it's it, just imagine you have two weeks to change your life and move to a different country, right? And it's not easy. And also, don't forget your software developers is a privileged class, right? They're privileged class in the U.S. They're even more privileged class in Russia and and Ukraine and everywhere else, right? Your average Russian teacher will never make than five hundred dollars a month. Your average software developer in Russia, a kid out of college that knows nothing, absolutely zero, uh, uh, starts with a thousand dollars a month and the good people in Russia will make ten thousand dollars a month. You know, good software developer and pretty much pay zero taxes. So you are like a golden child. So you're literally have living a good life and suddenly somebody tells you, well, you know, it's a, it's going down down the tubes and you have to pick up and leave. So it's not an easy decision for sure. Yeah, so what, what has happened to those 800 folks? Well, we have about 60% of people who elected to move and about 40% of people who haven't. Wow. Uh, so right now is a, a lot of people moved to Armenia. To We have offices in Czech Republic, in Poland. We have offices in Serbia. We now have opened an office in Turkey. I uh, have office in Georgia, have office in Armenia. So anywhere we have offices, people have moved. Uh, people who had visas, who had, you know, international passports, it's a little bit easier. People haven't. Uh, they can only move to places that are Russian people without uh, international passports, such as Armenia and, and, and others, a few others. Kazakhstan. So it is kind of a decision between, you know, you can go and come back versus you can never leave, right? This, again, they don't remember. Like in Soviet Union, you couldn't just go and travel somewhere, right? You had to get an exit visa. And most people couldn't get an exit visa because if you live in the best country in the world, why would you want to travel somewhere else? <laughs> you know? So, and they don't realize that can happen. And that's starting to happen. And that eventually it will happen because if you control the narrative, right, you have to prevent people from going other, you know, other countries and seeing how it really is. Because, you know, once you travel to Europe, and you talk to Europeans, it's really hard to convince you that Europe wants to attack Russia, right? So first thing you do, you turn off Facebook, then you turn off YouTube, then you close the borders, and yeah, it's kind of like North Korea style. Yeah, so are, do you think those employees that have left for those other countries, do you think they're looking at this largely as a temporary relocation, or do you think they brought their families and they're permanently settling there? I, I think everybody hopes it's temporary, but at the same time, them being smart people, I think they realize until until the uh, people in charge in Russia change, it's yeah, it's not going to change. It's only going to get worse. So I think one thing is what they hope for, and another thing is what they 
plan for and realize they have to deal with. So yeah, and people move with families, people look for schools and and the best way to grow their families and where it is. It, it might happen that it's not the last country they're going to end up settling in, but I, I think a lot of those people realize that uh, Russia, as uh, they used to know it or as they believe it was, has, has changed and never will be the same. And then for that 40% of the workforce that stayed back, are are they still technically Akvalon employees or they just, no, no, they've no, just left? No, we've, we've, we don't have uh, uh, anymore. Uh, we don't work in Russia anymore. We believe very strongly that any tyrant who loses a war, which is likely going to happen, not likely, and I'm sure it's going to happen, uh, all the money that they can get will go into two things, repressions of their internal population and building more more weapons. So that's what's going to happen in Russia, and we don't want to be part of it. Absolutely not. Yeah. Did you say repressions and weapons? Yeah. Those are the two yeah. things? Exactly. Yeah. You have to repress because, you know, it's always a fight between the TV and the refrigerator, as they like to say, right? And the sanctions that are being put on Russia, refrigerator is likely to win. And uh, when refrigerator wins, people might start coming out on the street. So you have to... You have to squash it with iron fist, and that's probably what's going to happen. Coming up, the impact on the company's Ukrainian workforce. We'll be right back with more of GeekWire co-founder John Cook's conversation with Aqualon CEO, Sergey Dryzen. I wanted a career in IT, but I didn't know where to start. WGU makes it simple. Their accredited online degree programs cover all kinds of IT specialties, and they have valuable industry certifications built in at no extra cost. The payoff? Having those certs back up my degree makes me look even better to future employers. A nonprofit university that includes top industry certs in their programs? I choose WGU. Learn more at wgu.edu backslash IT certs included. What has this done to your business in terms of the continuation of software development projects that you're working on? Was it, I mean, this is a big chunk of your workforce that's been disrupted. Either they're not working for you or they've had yeah. to relocate, which is not easy and get set up in another location. Have yeah, you, have yeah. you, have you slowed, like delayed projects? Have you lost projects? Have you picked up uh, projects because people are supportive of your stance here? Where, where's yeah, it coming Yeah, you know, the clients are interesting. Uh, clients are going to be interesting. Most of the clients were extremely support, are, are extremely supportive, uh, down to telling us and voice us, even if you don't work, some clients actually pay and giving us extra money to help relocation efforts. Some clients are, uh, are, are, uh, you know, uh, uh, telling us, you know, what else can we do to help, to help you folks? Others are kind of like really don't give a fuck. We, we, we left <laughs> really? some clients, uh, because they say, well, we'll be, we'll be fine in Russia. We don't care. So those clients we parted base with. And some clients are like, well, yeah, I know what's going on, but. But what about this guy? Why is he not leaving and why are we not doing our work? And I try to tell him, listen, there is, I have people who are fighting in Ukraine who are literally dying. We have folks who lost their parents. We have folks who lost, most folks lost their houses. So you realize this is, there's 11 million people who's been displaced. These people literally are dying. 
you realize what's happening. Yes, but we uh, so it's 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 a normal. But most clients are extremely supportive. Extremely supportive. We uh, uh, and 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 my big thanks goes out to them. Obviously, you know, ranging from Microsoft to big companies to small companies, they have all been great. Yeah, has has there been a disruption in like just timelines on projects? Have you had to push some of those back, or there's there's yeah, there's obviously have been um, there's obviously have been uh, projects that we've uh, fallen behind. If you think about you know forty percent uh, attrition rate, right? So we're losing you know close to three hundred people, right? We've we've been able to hire. It's interesting because a lot of the folks who left. Russia work for internal companies. So there's a flood of people in Armenia, there's in Georgia, all the, uh, that are, are looking for jobs. So we were able to hire, we're probably hiring higher people a month, maybe more. Uh, but definitely there's definitely disruption. There's definitely going to be yes. an impact. So I understand that correctly because there are, in, in your case, it's software development and engineering because a lot of mm-hmm. those folks are leaving Russia for neighboring yeah. countries. You're actually yeah, you're yeah. actually picking up talent that. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. There's a lot of there's people who work for Yandex, right? Yandex is the biggest company, software company in Russia. Right? They said, no, it's not looking good. I'm going to pay it, and and they're looking for jobs. So it's not only uh, software people who left who work for clients outside of Russia. It's also people who work for Russian internal companies who decided to leave. Wow, that we can we can hire our hiring, right? And we haven't even touched on your Ukrainian workforce, which is probably the most important workforce here. Uh, you say about three hundred folks there. Yeah. What what have you done for them? What's the status of that workforce? Yeah, um, yeah. So, so Ukrainian in Ukraine, we have a few offices, but the biggest office is in. Kharkiv, and if you look at the map, Kharkiv is about 40, 40 miles from Russian border. So that's considered to be, uh, you know, the Russian side of Ukraine, which uh, obviously is very un-Russian right now and doesn't want to have anything to do with Russia. But uh, the city is being bombarded uh, uh, indiscriminately. You know, they're using uh, heavy, heavy uh, weaponry against it. Uh, but uh, obviously, all of our folks uh, who could leave have left. Uh, we still have people who stayed behind who are f- basically fighting either in military or in uh, militias. And, and related there, we, we have people who stayed back who are volunteering to help, either in medical or however they can. Uh, but most folks have moved to Western Ukraine. And uh, if you're a male... Between 18 and 60, you cannot leave the country. You're, you know, you're under draft order. So, yeah, so they're staying in Western Ukraine. A lot of women and children have left, uh, but all the men mostly are staying back and either working or fighting. So those 300 folks, are they still on your? Are you still paying them? Are they still on your payroll? Oh yeah, we're 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 paying everybody. And actually, you know, again, thanks to most of our clients who said that, you know. If you are in the in military and you're helping, we'll still pay you if you're not working. So we're doing it. Our clients are also doing that. Yeah. So your clients are paying you, so you can continue to yeah. play, pay your yeah. Ukrainian yeah. employees. But I'm guessing, yeah. and just the makeup of software development, I'm guessing your workforce is largely male and in that 18 yeah. to 60 range. So I'm, exactly. I'm guessing it's, exactly. it is, it's probably the majority of your workforce is yeah. serving well, in well, other it, functions. It, it, Exactly. So the important thing to know about Ukraine is 
Ukraine has been at war with Russia effectively through the Donbass Don, uh, region, a separatist movement uh, since 2014. So there is about half a million of uh, Ukrainian males who went through military service. The active military plus that half a million of reservists. So if you or I, you know, if we were, you know, able-bodied Ukrainian males right now, we we want to go and fight, they won't take us. They'll tell you, wait, you know, we have more people than we need. It's not like everybody who is... Uh, uh, who is a male will be given a gun and will go fight. No, there is, I know people who trained for years and they want to go and fight and they cannot because they tell them we have enough people with military experience to do so. Right. I mean, I assume with the skill set that you employ at Actalon, software developers, engineers, you've heard about this cyber counterinsurgency. Have they, have some of your folks gone into that? Uh, line of well, yeah, work. There's there's, uh, there's a IT army of Ukraine. What's it called? That's uh, working very hard to uh, help uh, the official effort. And uh, without going into details, they're doing good things. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. What What's the word when you talk to your leaders in Ukraine? You know, the 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 folks that are helping you find talent and manage and run that those offices. Like, what what are you hearing on the uh, well uh, uh, and are you uh, and are you able to communicate with them uh, somewhat easily I guess if they're in western yeah, Ukraine have, perhaps but uh, most of them are in western Ukraine and it's it's more or less you know more or less uh, safe even though there's uh, there's bombings have started there there Russians are shooting missiles there and such uh, but some are actually in Kharkiv and it seems like there's going to be a big push uh, on the Russian part to try to uh, cut off, you know, completely cut off the eastern Ukraine from Ukraine, and that might include Kharkiv. So, but we're we're doing a lot, you know, we've 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 done a lot for our employees. We, you know, all the way from paying them when they're not working to you know going and getting somebody mother out of Ukraine, you know, asking volunteers and supporting. So I, I think I think. Uh, uh, people are people are obviously thankful, but you know, on our part, it's it's much easier to stay here and send some money versus actually go on there and seeing dead people and destroy, you destroy. It. So I'm 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 I can't I can't even imagine start imagining what it's like. You know, if there's I'm looking at at Kharkiv, and that's a city I love. I've been there many many times, and you know that hotel where I stayed is bombed out and burned. You know, and or or that street where I where we go clubbing, it's, it's, it's all, you know, bummed out. And, and, uh, so, and, and Kharkiv is not the worst, you know, there's places in Ukraine like Mariupol and others that are, uh, that, that cease to exist literally. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really hard to imagine. I'm still, I still kind of every day, I kind of think that this is a bad dream, you know, hmm. it's just unbelievable. Yeah. Where do you think it's going to go? from here well you know the, re the reason for this is is that us is mostly you know uh, self-focused and europeans have no balls if uh, if uh, in 2008 when putin invaded georgia or 2014 when crimea got snatched you know there was a response like today this would have not happened but any capitalism is cynical right 
you get in cheap oil and you get in your money back because they don't want to keep it in Russia. They want to be buying yachts and, uh, you know, in Europe and property in London. So it's going well. So big question is how much endurance do the sanctions have, right? If, uh, Microsoft has left Russia, are they going to come back tomorrow or, you know, when it changes a little bit, or are they going to really stay out? Schlimberger and Hillebert and all those guys, you know, are they going to, two months from now, are they going to come back because, you know, because the war stopped or, or not? So the reality is, uh, yeah, that the Russia that, that I knew and loved has stopped to exist, ceased to exist on 24th of February. You know, this is a different country and you can start thinking about it in a sense of, you know, Germany in 39 or 38. And, uh, and that, and the people who live there, most of them are brainwashed to the point where it might take years to unbrainwash it. You know, so hard to say, but yeah, it can be anything. It can be a nuclear conflict for all you think. It's, it's, uh, uh, what a lot of Americans don't realize that this is not a war that just happened somewhere else. It's not Somalia. It's not, it's not even Iraq, right? It's uh, people with uh, with uh, ability to destroy the world, and that, you know who's to say they wouldn't when they see that they're that they're losing. You know, Russian doctrine is uh, we don't need a world with no Russia in it. So, and which would send it for everybody. So, uh, the story hasn't really been written and hasn't really been been decided one way or the other. So. You, you said that the Russia kind of ceased to exist and as of the invasion of Ukraine that day kind of they changed. And like as a Russian born person, like how do you reconcile that or feel about that? Yeah, I, I feel pretty bad. Obviously it's, uh, I've always, you know, I, it, it was, it was always obvious that it was an autocracy, right? Last 15 years. And I always looked at that as, you know, well, I have 800 people who are educated, who can help, who are, you know, all speak English, who can help to change it for better, right? You know, who don't believe what TV is telling them. And uh, it became obvious that, you know, this no longer works, right? This is, it's not going to help. So it's, uh, you know, I, I absolutely clearly realize I, I can probably never go back to Russia uh, and, until things completely change there, which might never happen, right? It took Soviet Union 70 years to fall. So who, who knows how long it will take this to change? It might not be our lifetime. Who knows? And how do you feel about that? Maybe that's a place you'll never get to again. Uh, yeah, I feel pretty bad. You know, I feel pretty bad that the people, most people that I know there are, are kind and they'll never do the things that are being done, but you know, it's not Putin who is killing civilians and raping kids and butcher, right? It's everyday soldier, right? So, and everyday soldier is a reflection of society, you know, so that's, that's a society. It's sick. You know, it's basically sick. It's been, Russia has been taken over by zombies. It's pretty much imagine if you had in the US, you only had three TV channels and one of them was Fox. Another was was Fox Squared, the third one was Fox multiplied by a hundred. You know, what would you think about the world and, and around you and in the US? So that's the same thing there. 
80 some percent of population get their information from TV. And TV is completely and utterly uh, made into a propaganda machine. Next up, thoughts on the reaction from the U.S. business community. We'll be right back with more of GeekWire co-founder John Cook's conversation with Aqualon CEO, Sergey Dreisen. This GeekWire podcast is sponsored in part by Yale University Press. Are you concerned about the rise of AI and how it will impact our society? Every day, artificial intelligence presents us with urgent ethical challenges. How do we harness this extraordinary technology to empower rather than oppress? Nigel Shadbolt and Roger Hampson have written a how-to for building ethical machine intelligence. Their new book, As If Human, Ethics and Artificial Intelligence, is now available wherever books are sold. Have you been surprised by the uh, business community's reaction and the sanctions this time? Um, yeah, yeah, I have. I, I, you know, it's 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 a, a big question, right? What is it? Is it a desire to do good, or is it basically the reputational risks management? You know, but. Uh, you know, somebody like Microsoft at 0.1% of revenue, right? It doesn't matter. But there are other companies who make much more money there and to whom it's much more important, right? The, the, I believe it's Shell or somebody who was building the LNG plant in Far East. You know, that's $4 billion investment, you know, and others. So again, again, my, I'm, I, I think that they're doing the right thing, but again, how much endurance, how much, how long they would be able to stay away is the most important question because it, it has to be made absolutely and utterly unambiguously clear that every dollar invested into Russia will be spent on two things, repressions and military. And by the way, right, we have some folks who stayed behind and, and they started the company out of, uh, out of some of the folks who stayed behind. So I want to make absolutely clear that we're not a part of it. We're not encouraging uh and we actually uh tell our clients that hey you want to stay but you're you're basically uh you're paying for the blood of ukrainians right now by doing so and if you have a client that that wants to stay or it does business there are you are you cutting ties with them yes so we have we have for a few probably going to be a few more yeah is there something that you think the business communities and specifically the tech community, since that's what we spend the most time paying attention to, could be doing to increase the pressure? Well, number one is they they really need to realize that this is a global conflict. You know, a lot of people think that the Third World War has already started. Most Americans are oblivious to to what's going on, you know. Uh and, and, and you kind of have to be honest and you have to say, well, you know, we kind of ignored what went on in, in Syria. We ignored what went on in Libya and all and all. And, all. Uh, and that's true, right? For the most part, it was too far away. And, and, uh, you know, and if you talk to Russians, they'll, a lot of them will say, well, remember Iraq? Remember how you went to Iraq and you said it had chemical weapons and nuclear weapons? And the answer is yes, yeah. And, and I remember that I was against that war, you know. I, I didn't go outside and demonstrate against it, but I did vote 
you know, the other way when next time election came. And that's, that's our fault. But anybody and everyone can help. There's all kinds of efforts out there that are, that you can be doing. You can be sending money. You can be buying equipment. If you don't want to be spending money on things that kill people, you can go and help charities that feed people that, you know, provide housing. You know, you can go and buy pizza in Kharkiv and, and pay for it and it will be delivered to people for free. Uh, but the important part is Putin has played this game with the world for years where, you know, I'm a tough guy. You screw you, you know, you mess with me. I'll, I'll, I'll nuke you. Yeah, it's, it's time to call bluff, right? You have to go to your elected official and say, hey, listen, that what we're doing is not enough, right? You got to give them heavy weapons. You got to give them uh, intelligence. You got to give Ukraine anything and everything that needs to win, right? And, uh, and if you're, you know, if you're Republican per se or, or, or whoever you are, look at, look at your party, right? Look at people out there, like Tucker Carlson and Marjorie Greens who are running around and saying, well, maybe Putin is not a bad guy. Look at Trump who said that, you know, Putin is a genius, you know, and, and think maybe, well, maybe that's not the right affiliation or not the right way to think about what's right for, for the world and for U.S. So you put stripped across your website, stop the war and the Ukrainian uh, flag colors. I mean, you're mm-hmm. putting this front and center. Do you feel there are any risks uh, as being outspoken as, as you're being on this map? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know that in, in our, we were shut down, right, in Russia, but, but uh, you know, they've, they've uh, since the war started, they've been printing laws. They, they, uh, they call the Russian uh, parliament a printer gone mad. So they print laws one a day. And the latest one they printed was 15 years in jail for misinformation about the war. So first of all, you cannot call it war. You have to call it special operation. But uh, you can get 15 years in jail for posting a picture of, uh, for saying that it's Russian people, Russian soldiers have committed atrocities in Bucha. 15 years in jail. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it is uh, quite, quite uh, possible to uh, be seriously persecuted. Russia is going to get more and more. Uh, it's going to happen more and more. It's already happened. Right. That's, that's in Russia. I'm wondering from your, you know, your comforts in the Seattle area, if you've felt any repercussions, um, do you feel as if there's a, uh, threats on perhaps those of your workers that are still in Russia that might be wanting to get out um, or, you know, some sort of cyber campaign against somebody who's as outspoken and working on maybe the high profile clients you have or those yeah, sorts of yeah. efforts. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, we did receive some hate mail in Aquilon, right? We've received a few messages saying, Aquilon, you're Nazis and blah, 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 you know. You know, probably because we have a lot of people in Russia, but it also means that these people who sent it are not really, haven't done their homework. Uh, but yes, in, in, in Russia, there's, uh, there's, there's risk to anybody with an opinion, uh, different from the official line. There's, there's a risk there, yeah. If you talk to anybody in Russia right now on Skype or on, uh, on, on, on WhatsApp or Telegram, people are going to be extremely restricted in what they tell you. Because they're afraid, they're afraid. Because uh, there is an understanding that KGB is reading all, all those messages, and uh, any any wrong wrong word is uh, is uh, can be potentially 
uh, used against you. And there's some people who are extremely brave who go out and get arrested. You know, they go out and demonstrate. They go out again with, uh, with banners against the war. They get taken to jail for 15 days and they do it again and again and again. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, uh, it takes a lot of, a lot of guts to be able to do that. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, I guess when you look at the transfer of all these employees that are moving to different places, uh-huh. have you seen any requests to come to the U.S.? Or are you bringing, have you brought any of those staff? Uh, uh, oh, yeah. To, I, oh, yeah. So a lot of people want to move here, but it, it is that the, the consuls don't work, right? There's no working consul in Russia. And uh, it, this is a long process. That's actually what U.S. is not doing really well, right? It's just a news. Uh, a few days back, I read that out of some hundred plus thousand uh, uh, refugees out of Iraq, uh, out of Afghanistan that ran away with when U.S. ran away from there, uh, none of them actually came to U.S. Yeah, because the the Biden administration is really not got their act together. So it's probably the same here. You know, I I would expect U.S. to open up some sort of uh, special program for. Uh, you know, accelerated, simple, simplified program for people out of Russia and U.S. to come here. And it, it would be a win-win for everybody, right? Because for the most part is highly educated people and highly demanded, uh, highly demanded fields. But knowing what we know about bureaucracy, that's unlikely to happen. So this has been a great discussion. I appreciate your perspectives. What kind of takeaways would you want to put out there for the larger community, especially in the business and tech community? I, I would really hope that people actually, you know, spend an hour or two and go research, type in Bucha, type in, you know, uh, war in Ukraine and see what's going on. It's not, it's, it's not a limited conflict. It's not a, it's not a, uh, a you know, a disagreement be- between two, you know, Slavic countries. It's, it's a real war. Yeah, there's real atrocities. Uh, yeah, but there's potentially genocide going on. There's children being killed. It's something that most people need to know to be able to prevent from happening again and to be able to help. You know, it's, it's like I go on LinkedIn and I see some folks are publishing, even some Russian folks are, Oh, I got a new job or I got, uh, we shipped a new product. And, uh, and uh, my good friend's father just died in the hospital because they had been bombed, you know. Or, 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 you know, or I just read that, you know, these dead kids have been, you know, shot by, by, by Russian forces, you know, so it's, it's puts it all in perspective, right? I think, I think more can be done. And, and also it's, I think it's important for people in the U.S. to understand that it's, if Putin were to win, it's not going to stop there. It's going to continue, right? Poland can be next, Finland can. I can tell you one thing, right? We're working with a satellite company out of Finland. And I, I sent them an email, hey, you know, I understand you guys need money, but can you help us uh, give us a discount? We, we need these pictures to help uh, Ukraine force. And I'm like, like, well, you realize Finland is next, right? Putin just said that, you know, Finland is, is a former former Russian satellite state. And you know, I got no response. Yeah, so, hmm. and some people are saying, "Well, you know, whatever you need, we'll help you." It, it, I think if people inform themselves, they they would realize the scale of destruction and scale of 
uh, that's going on and that I probably would want to do something about it. Yeah. And if they do great and if they don't, well, hopefully they never will have to live through that themselves. Well, it's uh, powerful to see what you're doing and to step up. I mean, I know it didn't come without risk and challenges for yourself and a disruption to your business. So, you know, hats off to you for taking the step and being out there in the way that you are. Well, yeah, at, at a certain point, you have to say, well, you know, this is just so, so far outside of right and wrong that, that they just, yeah. And I'm, I'm not really worried about the company. The, the folks, my folks that I work with, they're extremely good. I know whatever we lose today, we'll get back, uh, we'll rebuild it in a year or two early, doesn't matter. But, you know, the lives and, and, uh, and uh, the destruction that's happening in their career, that will take many, many, many years to, to bring back and you cannot bring back the people, right? People are a lot. It's literally hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians that have been killed. Probably more going to be killed. And, and yeah, that, that's, you can't reconcile that. Well, thanks for chatting. This has been enlightening and hopefully folks can take some lessons out of this and also know where yeah. to go to support the Ukrainian effort. Yeah, Again, absolutely. Yeah. Hats thanks, off John. to you. Sergey Dreisen is co-founder and CEO of software engineering company Aqualon. See GeekWire.com for written excerpts from his conversation with my colleague, GeekWire co-founder, John Cook. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with a new episode of the GeekWire podcast.